Hi there and welcome to Beyond the Walls. I'm your host, Pete Woods. I'm joined this week by a couple of friends of mine, Tonde and Io, climbers and root setters, both currently living in the USA. This week we're having what can be an uncomfortable conversation about race and diversity. We start off talking about the climbing community specifically and realize that very quickly it's an issue that we cannot insulate ourselves from as members of the climbing community. So I would ask that you join us on a conversation that is at times uncomfortable, but is absolutely necessary. This is part one of a two-part episode discussing the issues of race and diversity in the climate community. My name is Tande. Uh, I'm Root Seda. Um, my mother's French and white. My father's Zimbabwean and black, um, which makes me black, apparently. Um, and yeah, I'm here to have a discussion with Io and Pete about race in climbing, I guess. Yeah, and uh, my name is uh, Io Dele Shopeju. Uh, I was born in Nigeria. Uh, I've lived for many years and hold a Canadian passport. And I am uh, currently living in Salt Lake City, Utah, in the United States of America. <clears throat> I think the first question I want to ask you guys is when you started climbing. So I think that climbers would tell you if you ask them that we are not the most diverse sport. We are very male dominated and have been for quite a long time and very white. So when you started climbing, was the lack of diversity something that bothered you or was it something that you dismissed? You know, how important is that representation when you're getting into a new sport? What did that do or how did that affect you at the outset when you started climbing? Uh, well, uh, we'd love to think come, come into that one for me. Um, I, from the from the sort of macroscopic as, as big as I want to start is if I want to contextualize all of these things and, and that for me makes a lot of sense is that sure yes <clears throat> uh, a lack of diversity anywhere is, is is bothersome you know climbing and as you kind of suggested climbing and communities in climbing don't exist in bubbles. They exist in the place where they are. You know, climbing in Calgary is different than climbing in Toronto, is different than climbing in <clears throat> in anywhere else. But um, another thing that's, you know, happening is that, it, well, so the what we imagine is diverse or diversity are also different and then how we value those things are different. And then the, 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 the outer edge, maybe I'll say of, of communities is also, um, I think something that we don't define well, where, where's the edge edge of the climbing community? Uh, you know, just, does it exist in North America? And that's what, uh, and that's what defines what my climbing community is, or 
or is it as small as a city? And then if diversity doesn't exist um, in a particular place, then does do I imagine it exists in you know the next the next loop up? If, if it's not in in my town, then does it exist here in in my city? Uh, does it exist in my country? And then if it's not valued in my city um, or its perspective is, is not valued in my city, then is it in a wider context? You know, and I think that um, those those things, each level of those things, both kind of define each other, but also they uh, <clears throat> they inform each other too. You know, the climate community is embedded. The climate community in Salt Lake City is embedded in the United States of America, and that gives it very particular features. It is which was embedded in, you know, North America and then the world, really. So, so yeah, uh, 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 we, we call it a lack of diversity. Um, then that is, is problematic, you know, because I think diversity is a, a great thing to value. But also the 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 edge of that bubble that we defined ourselves uh, is is important, you know. That if we look at the world, and if the world is is the scale that we're always looking at, then it's it's relatively diverse. And if if I stop looking at whatever point I stop looking, um, then then that can create and will create all kinds of impacts and feedback and and things all the way along the line so there's context to what you where you how far you look and i think it's interesting that you say that when you look at the world community and and one of the the things that i was going to note later but i think you've made the perfect segue is that you we see asian climbers on the podium when we watch world cup so when we look at professional climbing on a large scale and is it when we're saying when we're saying that we're a diverse or not a diverse sport, is it enough that people say, "Oh, I see lots of diversity. Well, I see Japanese climbers on the podium. I see Korean climbers on the podium, but the rest of that running order is mostly white Europeans." Is it enough to to think you see diversity, or do you really need to recognize more than one or two different cultures that are popping up in your frame of reference? I mean, I think it depends on again the scope in which you look at things. Um, I think for me, the constructs that are more relevant are um, maybe like how civilization is structured. You know, um, Western civilization, uh, things happening in the northern hemisphere of the planet versus the southern hemisphere of the planet. Um, like, you know. When is the last time you bought a pair of sneakers made by an African brand, for instance? Because there is such a thing, but you know, how in our sphere of everyday life is that a common thing? Um, so I think, yeah, the, this idea of context and the relationships between identity, race, um, and economics probably play a big part in, in it, um, are very connected. And they define the scopes in which we 
um, feel comfortable, choose to see things and uh, to bring it back to climbing and your initial question for my part, um, I, I mean, I have to challenge the question today, but the truth is my experience as a climber has always been that I've just been a climber and I've embraced climbing because of that. Like it wasn't about my skin color and it wasn't, and to be honest, I, I've never had, I've never been treated, you know, in a racist way by the climbing community per se. But it doesn't mean that um, it doesn't mean that there aren't issues. You know, I often was the only black guy. That's a fact. You know, uh, um, we can talk about you know we can talk about you know the 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 offset or the imbalance for uh, gender issues. You know, is it is climbing a welcoming enough community for you know? Uh, gay people, people who have, you know, different uh, sexual identification, are they comfortable in the spaces that we naturally generate as climbers? Uh, that's up for debate, very serious debate. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, that's, that's the complexity of the conversation is that uh, it's very easy to see nothing wrong. It's very easy to look at it in a very simple way and say, like, I've been good. Look, have I been bad to you? Like, this is all. And that's the, the issue is this idea that um, that's all there is. You know, there's nothing hiding underneath. There's no ill intention. There's no, you know, there's no fear hiding under there. Um, and those are, you know, you have to dig those out and you have to want to go there. Uh, and that's kind of what's blowing up in, in America's face is that they left things under, under that smooth, flat surface for such a long time. It's now exploding out and everybody's forced to deal with it, whether we like it or not. So, yeah. And another thing for me that, uh, that is all, leaves me always in a weird place is back to sort of how we're defining diversity. And very often we are saying sort of like we're, we're counting it, you know. We're saying like, oh, okay, this, there's we have six black guys now. We're, we did it. The, the like ideas around representation and accounting, accounting for all of these things are, I think, probably besides the point. That the question is not how many of this thing, uh, this group of people have we engaged with, and really that we're not even asking the question, engaged with, we're just saying, how many can we see? You know, we prioritize a visual, uh, the visual sense of, of this description when we're, that's not what, that's not what this, what any of the discussion ultimately is about. It's about valuing diversity and pursuing the ideas that mean that when there's one whatever it is that we can engage in this with this person as though a they are different than us and that difference produces something valuable and that's for me the value that we're looking for when we say diversity 
is and um and, and accept it so that it, it is this person is we are treated uh as such as as adding value it's an interesting way to take that and i it's like every question is going to bring up three more questions um I, Tonda, you said you've never experienced over racist behavior in a climbing gym or through the climbing community, but also are suggesting that there are things that we don't talk about. So we think that we are this wonderfully inclusive community. And I find that climbing has been late to the table in a few things. I think we were late to the table in talking about um, sexual abuse. I think we were late to the table in talking about um, not treating women equally. I think we relate to the table in quite a few of those things while out of the other side of our mouth saying we are super inclusive, climbers are grassroots, look where we come from, we welcome everyone. But is there just too many things that we're not talking about? And, you know, I, you're saying it's, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point is like, hey, um, does it, is there sudden, is there a sudden number that means that we've reached critical mass of acceptable diversity you walk into the climbing gym tomorrow and you're not the only black climber in there is that now okay you know and to me it, it asks the question of what is that if you can think back to when you were new to climbing do you think it had any negative impact on your vision of the sport and saying wow there is not a lot of me in this community in this local let's go let's define community for our sake um sort of either canadian or north american you know we'll keep it off the global scale for now, but in your experiences when you started climbing? I mean, for me, it was easy because I was in Africa. I started climbing in Africa. So de facto, there were black people around me. Um, to be fair, it was even in Africa, a majority of white people who were in the climbing community, just because it's, you know, the origins of climbing are, what are, are European. And most of the people who practiced the sport of climbing had learned acquired it in europe came to zimbabwe for various you know works and jobs and continued to practice it there um and in the process sharing it with the local community but it was still you know the majority of and then you know the economics of it are um it's a it's a leisure and when you're in a third world country and you you're living under those economics Leisure is not really an option like that's, you know, so there's there's a good example where, you know, uh, it's something that we don't see. We can afford to go climbing. We can we have that luxury because we live in economies that allow us to have a job and then take a trip and then hop on a plane with pads and shoes and fly down to South Africa for a month and go to this country where there's people who literally can't eat or you know, have to walk miles for water, or are still struggling with racial issues. Um, and we go on vacation just right next to them. And so that's one way you know, we can, those are some questions maybe we can, we can ask. Um, and it's, you know, I haven't been to South Africa to climb largely because I'm uncomfortable with that idea. I grew up with, um, South Africa as a neighboring country to me under apartheid. So think, you know, Nazi rule, like Nazis right there. And then, oh, they're done. We can go vacation right there now. It's, 
it's an extreme example. I know it's going to be stigmatizing and, you know, but that's the, that's the issue. It's like, well, one group of people feels that way, lives this life and this reality, and another one lives this one, and they're not touching. And they live in the same world, and there's influence and impact between the two. But, and I think that's, that's, where, that's where the gaps we have in, in the climbing community are. It's just this willingness to only look inside um, and to challenge ourselves in ways that maybe feel comfortable. Yeah, to, to answer, sort of to go towards the, that particular moment of time uh, for, for me personally, I think I, I started climbing around 18 years old. And, and when I thought of the, the question, what I imagined is by 18, I already know how to navigate most of the, the, my, my life as a young black person so that entering the climbing gym isn't I, when I'm and I see you know whatever I see uh, or, or or however I feel it isn't separate from the rest of the world that I felt just outside of the climbing gym you know there's the same kinds of, of code switching uh, you know the same way of moving communicating and living in those spaces isn't separate. So I wouldn't, I, I, don't, I don't imagine ever going into a context, into a climbing gym, and having it just be a different world than, than the world outside was. You know, so, so for me, I, I, true, I, I don't remember uh, a specific difference when I sort of swung the door open and entered the gym. Uh, I, I already was prepared to live in in that world and was living in Toronto in that time, so uh, it, it wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't a, a, a specific question uh, that I was asking. You know, from, from now, from this perspective, for sure, I can frame it a little differently and say, "Oh yeah, it was. It was definitely strange. Uh, it it didn't directly." match the types of demographics or the way that the people were being treated or valued in let's say my high school um, but they were quite similar that's a, an interesting perspective is to say that yes you have already learned to exist as a minority in your in a community and to change to a different micro community in that one is is not substantially different and i would wonder how many climbers would think oh but it should be because we're different we're you know the climbing community as we you know mentioned maybe before is that maybe looks in on itself and thinks we're we're very you know thoughtful and very accommodating and all those things but we don't have perspective and i think part of what all the discussions that are going on in society right now is saying i don't have perspective I have never had to experience those things or try to imagine them. And um, I was thinking when I was reading some posts and people talking about having empathy and Tonde, I was thinking about your talk just a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about athletic empathy and how important the entire definition of empathy and that's understanding something from someone else's perspective. And I don't know that I can have empathy because I've never, I cannot imagine life from that perspective. So 
it's hard for us to start the conversation and say, oh, I have an opinion or I have a perspective because I don't. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here saying, what is it like? Because it's seamless for us as, you know, young white climbers to be like, yeah, this is a climbing gym. This is what we do. And, oh, I, you know, I've noticed here and there that there are people from other races that climb in my climbing gym and I'm nice to them. Therefore, there's no issue in the climbing community. And I don't think that that's enough to just say, because I've never seen it, because I've never directly witnessed it, that it's not something that we need to talk about. That's, that's the big issue. Um, as, a, as a European, um, uh, in North America, the, the definition of what a community is, uh, is, a little, is a little tricky. Um, uh, there's something a little bit um, insular and you know, identifying about closing in and being part of a community. And it's a, yeah, there's, there's something about, yes, if I'm in this community, I don't have to go anywhere else. I have everything I need and everything I want comes from this tiny little group and that's enough. That by definition is not diversity. Um, and to be honest, I've always had issue with that as a climber. Um, the first 10 years of my life, I deliberately did not want to work in climbing um, just because of that reason. Like I love climbers and I love climbing and it, you know, has guided and, you know, consumed my life. But, um, but at the same time, I'm interested in other things as well. I need to be able to go out of climbing. I need to go to concerts that have nothing to do with climbing. I need to have interactions and do things that have, and for me, the richness is the moving between the two, moving from one language to another, moving from one country to another. That's where interesting things happen. And I, I see and I learn difference and I measure because I'm, you know, evaluating and experiencing things that are different and would be comfortable in this situation and are not here or vice versa or comfortable in both, but I go to a third. And this, uh, the, the, since day one, since I've been working in, you know, uh, climbing gyms in the US, this idea of community and we as a community and I am in this community and this is who I am. And I, climbing is only a part of who I am. I'm also a father. I'm also a music fan. I'm also a black man. I'm also, and all those things overlap and intersect. They don't stand separate in a nice organized way. They messily clash together and produce this, this guy, you know? So um, I think that's where um, maybe there, there's, some, there's some work to be done. And this notion that, um, yeah, when you, I have issue with when I go on a climbing trip and all we talk about is climbing. I love climbing. It's great, but that's not the sum of who I am. And, and it's not because I'm willing to talk about a show that I went to or talk about a book that I read or talk about that it makes me less of this thing or, you know, so I still don't fully understand the notion of community in North America. Um, as a social construct or, you know, I'm, I've lived here a few years, but it's not something that I have um, absorbed enough to be able to understand. I know that there's something there that 
I personally cannot fully identify with. Um, and it does feel like there's this kind of like magnetic force that you have to snap into it. And that's what is going to be, you know. We have a, a couple of climbers on the Canadian climbing scene who are uh, young black twins from British Columbia. And nobody ever highlights that. So nobody makes mention of it. Nobody ever really talks about it. And the question is because I think the point of having conversations like this is saying, are we making mistakes that we don't know we're making? And is there something we need to correct that is below the surface that we don't see that you might see? And is it important in your opinion to highlight when you have a group that when you have a, you know, climbing as it is, and you know that it's not super diverse, is it important to say, yes, these are you know, young, talented black climbers, or is it not a good, do we not need to highlight them as, is it not a defining factor? Is that it, does it do a disservice to always bring that up? Is there a oh, middle ground? There's no middle ground. It's both good and bad. That's why it's not easy. <laughs> like ideally we want to be in a society where it's not necessary where they shine out of just their pure talent. And I think that's the case. So it's great to not mention it. Like they, they stand out not because they're black first, they stand out because they're extremely talented and motivated climbers. That's, that's what should be you know, in the forefront. However, because there is a problem, ignoring it or not saying anything about it is also problematic because then it's pretending like there isn't a problem. So it's both. You know, uh, I think, again, complicated. They, they, there's no right answer to the question. It, it would be nice if it was, if it was uh, a smoother transition between the two. But fact is, um, some noisy kids in the background, sorry. <laughs> um, the fact is, yeah, I think there is, more, there is more subtlety to it. I think sometimes it has to be mentioned and sometimes not. When is which? Hmm. Again, it has to be worked out and... Uh, it has to be that live and learn situation because I think that the number of times that I've described them as twins, right? As young, as like all the, all the aspects of them that are the personalities that I've come to know when I'm talking about them on a broadcast and the fact that they are very talented climbers. But we have absolutely danced around the fact of ever saying out loud, you know, that they are quite obviously black climbers and you're... I think your answer is perfect. There is no right answer. And you sometimes it's not going to feel right. And sometimes it might feel right. But, you know, I, I personally have absolutely avoided it thinking that uh, is it a disservice to make that something that should be talked about? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, you kind of hit it on the, on the, the, the head to say that it is, it is both right and wrong. And, and there is, there is a connection actually between those two that makes it even more tricky uh, to, to, to in one, I mean, I, I think to say that we can in one scenario choose one and, and then in another scenario choose another uh, is, is really cool because it, it really does add some, uh, it adds some of the flavor of realness to it. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to go about that that would be more acceptable is it when you're talking about where people are from and what makes them who they are 
do you go back to where you were born? Do you go back to what your heritage is? I know there's that, the stigma around saying, oh, where are you from? Well, I'm from here. I was born in Canada, you know, or that's not the right question. Where are you from is not the right question, but is it, is that a good starting point to bring that in to say, you know, that, oh, you know, this is where someone grew up or where they came from. And, you know, does that bridge any of that gap or is that just adding more mess into the pile? Uh, it's a messy pile. Uh, you know, like we, as we introduced to this podcast, the two of us uh, answered in, in very different ways. Uh, and, and all of the descriptions, all of the ways that we describe, I mean, really everything, I think, carry, uh, carry meaning and they carry things like intention uh, and they carry history. They're, they're, they're not just words, they're, they're signifiers. They point in directions. And we, uh, we, we sometimes we use them intentionally. Uh, often we use them intentionally, uh, but other times we use them out of, out of habit. And, and I think that that's another part of what we're talking about uh, in, in these conversations is that it's not just what you say, it's how you say it and how it has been used before that is also being impactful. Uh, for me, you know, one, one way I, I look at a lot of things uh, that I'm doing is that I'm really, we're always doing you wrong. You know, I'm, I'm always off the mark. If I think of something in my, uh, of how I feel about the way this flower looks, if I think about it and then I say words, the words are always off the mark. And that's just the nature of language for me. Uh, and I think something similar happens in, in most descriptions. If I, if I highlight the fact that, you know, I am born in Nigeria, is it because I am trying to point in a different direction, I'm trying to hide something else? Or does it just, just, just misses? It just, I mean, it, it's, that's not, as Tony was saying earlier, unless you're here for a really long time and we can describe everything about my whole history, my history's history, and, uh, and every experience that I've ever had, I'm never going to be able to do something like introduce myself and catch all of it so that we get the picture that is accurate. Uh, and I think that by trying to do that, um, we, I very often feel like I miss it. You know, I think we, we very often think that we, that we can do that, and that misses the point of what's going on as well. Yeah, and it, it's, it's interesting because if someone says, where are you from? I say, I'm from Calgary or I'm from Canada. Like, I don't, there is no subtext in the question that's asking me to talk about where my family came from or what my, you know, where I was born or anything like that, because, you know, that's, it's, it's just a question of, I'm, I want to place your city on a map, not, I want to place you in some cultural landscape. And do you, I mean, is that something that comes that, up? Is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> no, but people say people Calgary, you know, as yeah. soon as I, I mean, they, they, I think on the surface, it, that, that's what you think you're doing. 
I, I, but I, I think it's, it's the, you're missing something about that question. You know, no one whips out a map when they answer that question. Uh, and, and I think that's directly to the point. It's not a question of geography, really. And even if it is a question of geography, the, 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 the geography is couched in culture. I can't. The, I cannot separate one from the other. As soon as you say Calgary, there are a whole bunch of associations that I think about uh, with Calgary that are either about geography or my experience with Calgary or uh, where Calgary is. Calgary is in Canada, and that means something about how I understand the word Calgary. You know, is it about the Calgary Stampede and the, and the associations? that I might or might not understand or have reference to. Uh, and I think that, yeah, that it, it's, it's, it's not really possible, I think, to answer that question um, without pulling with it a whole string of other things, other, other associations. It's not that you're trying to hide uh, something or, or, or that you're intentionally trying to highlight something either. That's a fair point. And I mean, I think even in my perspective, I will often say that I'm from Montreal because that's where I was born. And that's something I want to be associated with more than I want to be associated maybe with being a Calgary for any given reason. So it's a loaded question, no matter how you slice it. But at the same time, there's tons of positives to that. The fact that it is a loaded question, the desire that somebody would actually want to know, want to hear, find out who you are. Find out how you wish to project yourself and who cares how true or untrue it is. There's still value in the question. Again, back to my original point is that there's a matrix moment here where, you know, this one dimensional plane has suddenly been exploded into 12 or 15, you know, things that have to happen simultaneously and be understood simultaneously. And that is the, the fiber of the, uh, the composition of reality is that uh, at any given time, I am both, uh, I am both discriminated against and privileged at any given time, simultaneously. I am uh, at an advantage in a certain situation because I'm a man and then because I'm black, I'm at a disadvantage. And then, you know, and then six other facts or realities or relationships are going to be flipped in different directions, depending on some will stay neutral, some will be one way or another. And all of them will be true at the same time. The cat is dead in the box at the same time as it is alive. It's all true. And that's... It's the only way I think we can, we have to answer every time, you know, if I have to uh, typecast it, white people are going to ask black people questions. The answers are always going to be like, it's the dimensions that are incorrect, not the question. It's mm -hmm. asking, you know, is that one eye? Yes, it is one eye. It doesn't deny the existence of the other or the nose or everything is at the same time. So, so it's, yeah, it's, and being on the 
questioning side of that is necessarily difficult. If you've been seeing the world in a single plane for the very long time, and suddenly you have to start thinking about it in a completely different way, yeah, sure, I get it. It's gonna be really hard to comprehend, but that's the way forward. The world is that complicated. And it should be difficult and it, it should be, it doesn't have to be comfortable. It should be uncomfortable. It, and if, if when I, you know, if I want to actually know how your life experiences have led up to a moment that we're talking about, then I need to ask the question. And I think there's this risk of by not mentioning it or pretending that it that doesn't exist, right? I'm just always sort of cruising along and, I think people will say the expression, oh, I don't see race. I don't think of you as a black friend of mine. I don't think of this at all. That's not the right approach either, because now we're just coming in and making assumptions that your experience was just like mine to this point or in this moment or yesterday or on, you know, how you got here, you know, to the pub or to the gym or whatever it is. And we have to have perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's a, a, a lot of funny things come out of that. For sure, the um, the the act of pretending uh, that something doesn't exist, I think, is is pretty widely is pretty widely uh, negative. You know, uh, um, and I think that's one of the one of the things that ha- happens in these discussions is that. Uh, we we want to act a certain way. Uh, we and the values that usually we ascribe to are aren't about hiding, and they aren't about lying. There are a few things that we're in general trying to avoid, and I think that's also uh, a part of how uh, how I judge my own movement through through like discussion for the world or when I see something. I think that's suspect that's not real you know that's that's those are usually the points that that, if like something is going on that i don't like and i think that that's a a barometer that uh it's tricky you know because reality is contested in in a lot of ways in a lot of places um but i think that that's one that that uh, I think we have to get a good sense of. Am I? If I don't see, uh, <clears throat> if I if I claim something like I've never seen this happen, uh, so that it doesn't exist, is that is that logically uh, sound? You know, I've never I've never seen uh, <laughs> I've never seen a lot of things, but I know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the denial uh, of, of of that thing doesn't make it true, and that's another part of it. You know, a really big part of this. The people are talking about acknowledging things like their privilege. Uh, that's 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 a great thing to do in in, in many aspects of your life. The bias is another term that we used to call it. You know, and then there's a spin on it. Uh, and you know, if I go a little further back, I couldn't. You know, we might have said it's not good to be ignorant. You know, and that puts another spin um, on 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 those 
ideas on similar ideas for me. But the person who yeah, and I think, oh, that is for sure suspect. So the instance that I see something or hear something, I can that suspect is the person or the, the the scenario where something is being uh, is just willfully ignoring. You know, uh, if we in a lot of this discussion, people are asking all the time. You know, in contact uh, with me, anyways, they're asking, "Well, what, what's the, where should I go? Uh, what's the thing that I should do?" They're, they're saying, uh, they're, they're suggesting that I'm the expert, or that I have a, a, a list of resources that they should go to and find. And and I think, well, that's for a whole bunch of reasons. That's crazy. One for one thing. You know, I, I'm I'm not I'm only I'm not an expert. <laughs> you know, I haven't. Uh, but but then I I think again. Okay, if if you are if you aren't finding these resources, then you're not looking. That if if I think, huh, how many references to uh, to to injustice have I seen in the last in, in anywhere I look actually you know whether it was Netflix and I scrolled through the list of movies that are available or if I uh, if I listen to the last Roots album there are a million places where I can look to find a resource about what's going on and and I think wow you're you're certain you're there's something going on there for sure for me, you know, and, and that's, that, that speaks to a whole bunch of things in, in the context, you know, it brings me back again to the point where at 18, I have learned to live in a world in a certain way that means that I have to look for those references everywhere because sometimes some of those things, if I miss them, will get me killed. And that's another aspect of, of, uh, of, what, of, of what's going on. You know, that, uh, that I have to pay attention. And, and whether I want to or not, I have to be an expert uh, on this thing. And, and and so there's there's another strange relationship there, um, where where I, I think that there is uh, there's another aspect of responsibility, uh, and, and and when we talk about things like what's next or what do I do now or what should we do should we you know what is the solution or which are the solutions? And I think that's a for me that's something that is very often missing in the discussions that I come in contact with. There is a big difference and I've seen it posted in a bunch of places. There's a big difference between acknowledgement of something and then moving actively moving to change something and being a part of that movement to change something. And it's not, it's not enough to just say, yes, this exists can you help me? You tell me what I need to do next instead of me saying I know where to go 
to move forward and try and make a change. If we go back to specifically climbing, is there a problem? Do we have an issue in the climbing community in that needs to be unearthed or is not an, an open problem, but you think maybe there's some things that are under the surface and uh, you, you know, you, neither of you have come out and said, I can tell you a bunch of stories in which I did not feel comfortable or I was made to stand out in the climbing gym or at a crag. And I'm, I just, I want to know if you think truly in your experiences is climbing immune to what's going on when we talk about race and inequality. And I know we said that, um, that diversity is a very tricky subject to talk about, but is there something that we need to address when we talk about racial issues and inequality? Um, yes, no, and it's a bad question. Okay. <laughs> it's a bad question because if we're wondering if climbing is part of society, society has a problem, does climbing has a, have a problem? Yes, climbing has a problem. It's just, we're not, we don't exist out of that. That's why it's a bad question. If all these things are happening in North America, we can't be like, we're good, we're climbing, we're not involved in everything that's there. That, of course, is, that's why it's a bad question. Of course, it, something is wrong. Um, the yes is, or the no is, yes, I've never had any overt, you know, racist interaction the same way I've had outside of climbing, you know. Um, but also, Yes, there is a problem and it needs to be addressed. And even as Ayo was saying, I haven't seen it, but I know it's there. I know it's there. Right. Yeah, certainly. And, and if, if, the, if the name of the game is to just list the t number of times and that, you know, that I've seen a particular type of discrimination or felt a type of discrimination, then, then I can play that game for sure. You know, I can tell you, I can tell you stories when it's story time. Right. You know, and, and that's still a little bit outside of what's going on for me is that the, the, the real trick, one of the things that's happening is the, that we have the ability to know it exists or have clues that it exists and still act like it doesn't and that's the trick that's you know the problem is it or, or that's a part of what's what's happening you know is it someone gets killed over there and i can say oh no dude i'm canadian that's not what's up you know i'm not connected with that but if i you know, if I look at it from a different perspective, I say, wow, someone was just killed. And I, and I can have radical empathy for that. Empathy, you know, then, and then that's closer to, that's closer to the direction that I need to be moving in for me, for me. There's a delusion that anything, uh, or that, that a lot of what we do is not political. That there's no there's no weight to I just go climbing I don't want to deal with politics I don't you know like I vote okay but you know I don't want to have this conversation as if purchasing that sprinter doesn't have a political implication 
as if having, you know, four to eight months of, or weeks or months of vacation doesn't have an implication. Um, the same way having healthcare when you break a leg or not, uh, you know, all of those things have weight, have consequence, have, there's no, again, it's, it's like the black white question. There is no out, there is no right or wrong. Everything is tied together. And um, I think that's the, the, some of the naivete that's existing in this whole conversation is just that, oh, we can isolate it. We can fix this one little problem. And, and the problem is everybody's scared of it because if you look under that hood, it means more than just, oh shit, I'm low key a racist on some things, but I'm also like low key, like a polluter. And I, you know, I do this outdoor sport, but really like I'm a kind of a gear freak and I don't care if my pack is made in China and, you know, and I'll hop in a plane like eight to 10 times a year to go on vacation to climb rocks. And, you know, so all of those things are implied and it's easier to ignore the whole patch. And yeah, you know, it's, it's not that simple. Um, yeah. No. And I mean, I, um, I just go back to what we talked about at the very beginning, which is that there people will make mistakes and there you will say the wrong thing and you approach your situation the wrong way. You might think you're helping. Like I just I picture in my mind as I see what's going on and I see all these this huge social media outpouring about as somebody who carries white privilege, how to be an ally. How can you go into a situation and how can you help make the movement forward? And we're getting these questions in climbing gym saying, okay, what are you going to do as a climbing gym? What are you going to do as a coach to all of a sudden create an inclusive, diverse, take down barriers to allow people of color to feel welcome and accepted in your gym? And here we are having a conversation saying, I mean, it's a society problem. You know, cannot, can your local climbing gym make a difference to what's going on right now? by having a, um, you know, a at-risk youth only or a people of color only climbing program or day. That doesn't sound like the right solution to me. And it doesn't sound like that would help to solve a problem, but this is what people are pointing at. How do we navigate, you know, being that we're in a climbing community of gyms and people together and we work and exist in the same space. Now that people are saying, what are you going to do to make a difference? I mean, I think we can stop labeling things for one. That would be, will make things easier. I think it's just a human problem. Like, how can we be good people to each other? And how can we live good lives together? Like, I want to live my life in such a way that the guy next to me is not having a worse life and I have to ignore it to have my good life. Because some of that's going on, some of that is part of the debate. So, I mean, maybe the simplest breakdown is how can we, as um, a sport, a bunch of people who are passionate about this activity, be better, understand that as a group, we have an impact on the world we navigate and circulate on, and how can we be better to each other and to the world around us? Like, that's maybe the simplest breakdown I can, I can make of what the, like, the problem is. Obviously, the answer to that is fucking huge. 
like it's not one thing it's not like okay well we'll start a program at the gym we'll pay this check and we'll be good or we'll count if we get it to like 20 percent of you know black people dying every year that's like an acceptable you know loss so that'll be you know it can't be it can't be that simple you know um so i yeah that's that's the way i'm looking at it you know i sure i just happen right now to be you know on one side of this equation or of this question by the virtue of the color of my skin. Like Ayo said, I'm not a specialist. Not, you know, I didn't study race relations or political. I'm a root setter and a climber. I'm at fault on lots of things. I am, you know, I live in the Western world and I've lived in, in the Southern hemisphere and in a third world country. So I know what it's like to be on, the, uh, on that other side. Um, and I know, this is not okay in lots of ways. Like the life I'm living here and the, you know, the fact that I, I like sneakers. Yeah, I like sneakers and I buy sneakers and I know what that means every time I buy a pair of sneakers. Yeah. And it's the same problem. Like I'm just as guilty of that whole equation. So of course, oh, we have to solve all of humanity's problems because we're talking about this one thing. No, but we also can't, just solve one tiny thing without an understanding that it has, you know, and, and expect absolution. I think this, that's another thing that, you know, it, that, that's not going to come out of this is absolution is yeah. We, if we have to undo the badness that we've done in the last thousand years, it's going to take another thousand years. So the only question to be constructive here is what is the first step we're going to take? How do we start moving in a better direction? How, so I think we're already taking it. We're having these conversations. That's nice, nicer, better. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, but that's step one. And then learning from that and growing from that, maybe we get to a nicer place where we figure out a way that we add value to each other's experience and the world around us and we don't cause the planet to fall on our heads, fall apart as we do these things, which we all know is the case. We all know it. 